morning. Hello, everyone. Um, just want to say thank you for um, allowing me to come and speak today. I'm honored to be here. Um, so today I'm going to be speaking on uh, letting go of bitterness. Um, if you haven't heard Pastor Brian's last two messages about uh, letting go of stuff and letting go of distractions, they bless me very much. Um, you can listen to those at uh, the website, www.churchontherock.info. Um, I encourage you to check those out. Those are so good. Um, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this day. Father, we pray today for breakthrough, Lord. We pray today that um, if there's anyone that has any heaviness on, on them, that it would be turned to joy today. Father, we're believing your word, Lord, and we're praying for mountains to be moved today, Lord, that you would be glorified, Jesus. Not our will, but your will be done. So, um, a long time ago, uh, I heard a message from Joyce Meyer. I love Joyce Meyer. Um, I always get so much out of her, and uh, she's taught me so much over the years. Um, I was at home, and I was watching TV, and a message came on from her, and it was on forgiveness. And my first thought was, well... I don't really have that problem. You know, that's not for me. Um, I'm a very laid back, easygoing, friendly person. I'm kind and um, things just kind of roll right off me pretty, pretty easily. Um, but you know, I might know someone that has this problem and um, you know, maybe I can bless them with it. So I listened to this message from Joyce Meyer and Forgiveness and oh my gosh, it was amazing. Um, I learned so much that I didn't know um, I thought I knew that I didn't know. And um, at the end of it, she encouraged everyone to just take a minute, stop, and pray and ask the Lord, Father, is there anyone that I'm holding anything against um, that I'm not seeing? And if so, would you please reveal it to me? And um, so I decided that I needed to do that too. And uh, so I prayed, Lord, please show me if there's anyone that I'm holding anything against, Father. Um, a few hours later, I get a phone call on my cell phone from a friend of mine, and um, we're catching up, and um, she says, you'll never believe who I ran into the other day. And as soon as she said that person's name, oh man, it was like Jekyll and Hyde, and my blood started to boil. I was like, ugh, you know that ugh feeling you get sometimes when you get a text from someone or you just hear their name and it's like, ugh, you know? Um, well, I had that, but it was real strong. And um, I thought, wow, I just prayed for God to show me if I had anyone against. And Lord, you answered my prayer. Wow. Um, I had no idea that was there. Um, so immediately I said, Lord, please forgive me and please bless this person. Um, I had the biggest weight lifted off me in that moment. And I didn't even know that weight was there. It was... Um, Man, it is a sneaky, it hides, right? It's, it's a tool, it's a weapon of the enemy. And um, uh, I had no idea, no clue. Um, so what is unforgiveness and bitterness? What does it actually do to us? Is it really that big of a deal? Um, it's a really, really big deal. Um, unforgiveness hinders our prayers. It makes us ineffective. We need to be effective for God. Um, Mark eleven twenty two through 26 I'm going to read out of the NLT it says then Jesus said to the disciples 
Have faith in God, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. But, that's a big but. When you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So if I want to be effective, he says, before you even pray for whatever it is that you're asking for, we got to make sure that we're not holding anything against anyone or else it'll hinder that prayer. Right? I need my prayers answered. I, I got a lot of mountains that I need moved in my life. Right. And there's a lot of mountains that I need moved in, in people that I love's lives too. Yeah. Um, another thing unforgiveness, unforgiveness does, it gives the devil a place in our lives. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. So anger's going to come. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. Well, the first time I saw that, um, that word wrath, I thought, I don't have wrath. That's not me. I'm not a, I don't know about that. That's a pretty strong word. So I looked up the um, biblical definition of that word, wrath. In the Greek, that word actually means irritation. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, that's me. That definitely applies to me. I get irritated quite often. I get irritated with people, with things. I mean, I... If I think about it on a given day, really, um, things just come up. Things just happen that rub us the wrong way sometimes. So now if I'm looking at this and it says, do not let the sun go down on your irritation, nor give place to the devil. Um, There's only one occurrence of this word in the Bible. Um, It means to be close, uh, that word wrath or irritation, that word irritation means to be close beside or provoke to irritation by pushing somebody's buttons. Um, and then it says, nor give place to the devil. That word place in the Greek means a designated space. We actually give him a place in our lives. So, so if the devil were to, were to come to my home and knock on my door and say, hey, I'm here, got some friends with me, I would like to come in your home, just give me a spot so I can do some damage, I would say, absolutely not. I'd be slamming that door saying, get off my lawn. See ya. Uh, You're not welcome here. But this says, if we let the sun go down on our irritation, we're actually welcoming him right in. And um, that is a really big deal. Um, So um, a while ago, uh, my husband, I have the best husband on the planet, by the way. I couldn't be here because he is the best husband on the planet, and he's watching our four children, uh, little, little children. Uh, that's a lot of work <clears throat> at my house. Um, but he got real sick. He, um, we didn't know it, but um, his thyroid stopped working. And when that happens, it creates a lot of symptoms. Um, some of those symptoms are um, you're frustrated a lot, very emotional. Um, it's hard to process things. And, um, you know, um, tempers can flare easily. Um, you're tired all the time. And um, <clears throat> this was happening. And um, so there were some sharp words sometimes that were spoken. There were some, there were some things that, 
when they came out, um, man, they just, they just they, they hurt a little bit. And um, those things just kept building because I didn't, I didn't do what it said here. I didn't, I didn't get rid of those things. I didn't pray and bless. I didn't, um, I just, they, they just kept building. Um, and this went on for a little while. And uh, I remember praying to God and like, Lord, what's going on? I feel like there's just a dark cloud over my head. Um, I feel like nothing's happening. Nothing's moving. My prayers aren't being answered. Um, where are you? I can't feel you. I know you're there, right? You never leave me or forsake me. I know you're there. But I, I'm, just, I'm just not sensing that um, presence right now. And um, I got sick, too. I, uh, I came down with allergies. I've never had seasonal allergies before, but suddenly I'm trying to come up with um, ways to treat these seasonal allergies that I'm getting. I'm getting headaches. I'm getting headaches almost every other day, and they're turning to migraines, and I'm pouring essential oils on me trying to get these headaches to go away, and nothing's working. I'm popping Advil. Um, I'm like, I don't get it. Well, I read, recently I read a, a journal entry that I'd made from that time, and man, it was so depressing, you know? Just the depression that I was in during that season and um, the, the pain that I felt. Um, so my husband was working two jobs at the time. He was working a full-time job as a teacher. He was working a part-time job as a coach. Well, he coached baseball. I don't know if you know anything about baseball, but they have games all the time. It is like constant game, practice, game, practice, game. Um, he was gone a lot, and uh, that meant I was home with our four kids mostly. And um, Saturday was coming, and I was excited for Saturday because I was going to finally get a day to rest. I was going to go for a walk. I was going to sit in my room by myself. I was going to take a bath, um, whatever I was going to do, but I was so excited for this Saturday. And um, Saturday morning comes, and I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Finally a break. I'm getting a break. I'm going to get a rest today. And um, we get the kids ready. They're all fed. Sitting in the living room. All of a sudden, my husband comes out with his baseball gear on. And I am like, what are you doing? Um, and he's like, well, I got a game. I got to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? You have a game. You never said anything to me about a game. This is a huge problem. Right? I had plans today, right? I mean, I had this whole day had been planned out in my head for the entire week. Um, I felt so, I, I felt like a doormat in that moment. I felt like, man, you, you didn't say anything. He actually wasn't doing anything wrong other than he just forgot to mention something. It's not his fault, right? Um, but I, I was so upset. I mean, he left, uh, poor guy. Um, I was ugly crying. I was just so offended. It was, oh man, it was just, I'm so glad that nobody had a video of that moment. Um, and I remember I'm pacing the house and I'm just spitting nails and I'm like, oh man, how dare he? Um, I walked into my, uh, my laundry room and I remember I'm standing there and I'm like, God, help me. And I hear these words in my head saying, bless him. Pray for your husband. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> That's the last thing I want to do right now. I feel like doing the exact opposite. I want to kick something. I do not want to pray and bless him. Uh, my feelings were the opposite direction, as far opposite as you can get from that. Um, but I love the Lord, and I know that um, I'm supposed to be living by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, not by the way that I feel, right? Our feelings, like Pastor Brian teaches us, our feelings are indicators about what we're thinking about, right? 
But what if our thoughts are off? I mean, if our thoughts are off, then our feelings are off too, right? Oh, so um, I stopped and I said, I did not feel like it. Again, I did not feel like it. I said, Lord, and all I could think of, the only verse I could think of at the time was, Lord, I, I ask you to bless my husband with every earthly and spiritual blessing in Jesus' name. And then I had to say it again. Because there was a little tone in my voice there, right? said again, Lord, I ask you to bless my husband with every earthly and spiritual blessing, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Again, again, again. Lord, I thank you for my husband. It's coming now. My heart's softening. Something's happening inside my heart right now. I ask you to bless him, Lord, with every earthly and spiritual blessing. Lord, help my husband. Bless my husband. I pray for my husband, Lord. Thank you for my husband, Lord. And in that moment, what happened to me was, man, I got such an infilling of the Spirit of God. It just rose up in me. Such joy rose up in me. Such peace. Uh, that heaviness was completely gone. Uh, that cloud was gone. I, I was standing in the rays of sunshine in that moment. I was like, wow. I had no idea. I had no clue that that was there. Um, and I had no clue that that was what was doing it to me. God is so good. Um, He's so patient with me, you know. Um, I'm so thankful for that. Um, so then, fast forward a little bit. Well, my husband comes home, right? And uh, he's probably like, I don't know if I want to walk in this door. Uh, and he sees me, and he probably thinks I'm crazy. So I'm like, hey, baby, how are you? I love you. How was your day? I'm so sorry about earlier. This is what happened. And I'm explaining to him what happened. And he's just like, oh, my gosh. Well, good. I'm glad. That's good. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, Man, nothing worse than having a cranky wife, right? Probably. <laughs> um, so, um, so now I'm still seeing a lot of this stuff in my husband, right? Some of these things are still coming out. But as they do, I know I'm, Lord bless him, right? Bless him, help my husband. Um, and I ask God, I'm like, Lord, how do I help my husband? How do I help him? He's going through something right now. And then the Lord revealed to me that my husband also was in unforgiveness. I didn't know that either. So um, one night, my home, and we'd been talking about this, you know, I was very open with what the Lord had done and uh, just planting seeds and just watering them and just, you know, giving him some time to process that. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night about 3, 3 a.m. and uh, got up out of bed and I felt like I needed to go to the kitchen. If I wake up at 3 a.m., I don't go to the kitchen. I just try to lay back and go back to sleep. I walked into the kitchen, and I could hear my husband. We have a den that's right off of our kitchen, and I can hear him in there uh, kind of moaning. And I walked in there, and I'm like, honey, you okay? What happened? Are you all right? What's going on? And, and uh, he's like, no, I'm not okay. He's like, how did you know I was in here? I've been praying for you to wake up. So I walk in there, and I put my hands on his head, and he said, I have a headache and a migraine, and it's so bad. I can't stand the pain. So I'm praying for him. And we're sitting on the couch together, and I've just got his, got his head in my hands, and I'm praying for him, and I'm rubbing his head. And I, and I said to him, honey, you need to forgive right now. You gotta forgive. And uh, he said, okay, I'm ready. Will you help me? And I said, yes. So we prayed together. Um, and he, he named the person that he was holding unforgiveness against and he blessed them. And um, it, was, it was amazing. The headache lifted. Um, we sat there together for hours just talking together and just, it was, it was a beautiful moment. Um, and um, the Lord um, brought to my mind Matthew 18, 21 through 35. If you haven't heard the story, um, it's about this king 
and he's got some servants, and they owe him a lot of money. And there's this one servant in particular that owes him a lot of money, billions, billions. Um, so the king was, um, was uh, asking, who owes me money? Um, brings this servant to him that owes him billions and says, okay, you're done. You're, um, you're going to jail. You and your wife and your children, I'm selling them to slavery. Um, I would say that's a really bad day. Um, so the servant... The servant was begging for his life, was begging for his children, was begging for his family, and the king was so moved with compassion uh, toward, toward this servant that he decided he was going to forgive him billions. He was going to forgive him all the debt. And that servant walked out, and he was like, oh, man, wow, I just got my life back, you know? Um, as he's walking out the door, he notices another servant that owes him about 100 bucks. And what Scripture says is that that servant grabbed that other servant by the throat threatened him and threw him in jail. And this grieved everyone that was around them as they're witnessing what had just happened, that he was just forgiven billions, and then he goes after the person that owes him a hundred. And it grieved them, and they told the king what happened. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to read um, Matthew 18, 32 through 35. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father, this is Jesus speaking, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So my husband and I are talking about this story, and as I'm talking to him about this story, it's funny because um, my husband made a comment during the story, and he's like, wow, that's, that servant that didn't forgive that other servant that owed him 100 bucks, that's kind of a jerk. I'm like, yeah, that's me and you. That's me and you, honey. <laughs> um, so that word tortures, I looked that up uh, in the Greek. That's the word uh, basanistes. That's from the root word basanizo. It means to vex or torment with grievous pains of body or mind. That's exactly what was happening to me, and that's exactly what was happening to my husband. We were being tormented by grievous pains of the body and of the mind. Um, and we had blinders on. We had no idea what was even happening to us. And, and the enemy was just sitting back watching this whole thing and then watching us go after each other. And, um, yep. Um, also, that word, <laughs> that word brother, um, I have to admit this. It says, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. I looked up that word brother. I'm like, what exactly does that mean? Does that mean my brother in Christ? No, another believer. Um, so I looked up that word. That actually means all mankind. If you're a human being, that applies. <laughs> So, yep. Um, who are we supposed to forgive? We must forgive anyone and everyone for anything and everything that offends, angers, irritates, and hurts us. The little things and the big things. Uh, Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowance for each other's faults. None of us are perfect. 
and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Mark eleven twenty five says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, drop the issue, let it go, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. Um, for most of us, we need to forgive the people that are closest to us, um, parents, family members, spouse, an ex, a friend from your past, in-laws, someone at work, someone we had a closest with, somebody, uh, you know, it might even be a business. You know, businesses really are just, uh, it's a business, but it's run by people who are making all the decisions on behalf of the business. Um, so God already knew this, because he is perfect, and uh, he gives us instructions. He also gives us an incentive and promises when we do what he says. Ephesians 6, 2 uh, says, Honor your father and mother was the first commandment of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. It says you will prosper and live a long life if you honor your parents. So this direction is quoted about six times in the New Testament, not just in the Old. Um, it's the Greek word tomato, not tomato, tomato. It means to fix the value. Um, Every single person is valuable to God, every life. And um, I have never known anyone who didn't at some point need to forgive their parents. Uh, they're not perfect. Some of us had, had great parents. I had great parents. Um, some of us did not. And um, what God is saying is they have value. Um, honor them. doesn't mean that, that you have to agree with every decision that they made or everything that they've done. doesn't mean that they were right. But we, honor, we need to honor them, right? And when we honor them, he says, I'm even going to give you an incentive to do this. Uh, you will prosper. You will live a long and full life. Good. Ephesians 6, 12. This, this verse helps me so much. Uh, it says, your hand-to-hand -hand combat or your fight is not with human beings. It's not with your mom and dad. Right. It's not with your husband or your wife. It's not with your ex. Um, but it's with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. So we need to separate the two, and we need to realize that that person is being influenced by who? By an evil spirit that's working through them. God sees the big picture. We only see a tiny little part. He knows what's behind everything. He knows who's to blame. Um, and people unknowingly are used by the enemy to hurt others. Hurt people hurt people, and healed people heal people. So how do we forgive? Well, the first thing that we need to do is we need to bring all of our hurts and our pains and our rejections to God because he is the God who heals us. Present tense. Um, one of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha. It means existing Lord who heals. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please, you will find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. That's quite a different picture than a lot of us have had, or a lot of us have been taught. Um, 
God is gentle. God is humble. God is easy to please. His load is easy. His burden is light. It's not heavy. That's not from God. The heaviness is from the enemy. The lightness is from God. Psalm 147.3. As I said earlier, some, some of these wounds, some of these hurts, some of these things are offenses. that They're just bruises and cuts and things that, right, those are important. Um, some of the things are a really big deal. Some of the, some of the things are um, um, shattering that we go through, right? Um, I saw a statistic that said um, uh, one in four women at some point in their life are the victim of physical abuse or sexual abuse. Uh, one in six men are the victim of physical abuse or sexual abuse. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. Every single one. There is nothing too shattered that God cannot heal. Uh, we must know how much that we've been forgiven. Freely you have received, freely give, right? Psalm 103.12 says, as far as the east is from the west, I don't know if that's right, I'm not good with directions. East, west, is that right? Wow, my husband will be proud of me. As far as the east is from the west, that is how far God has removed your transgressions. They don't meet. They don't ever see each other. They're completely removed. Um, Hebrews 10, 17 through 18 says, In their lawless acts I will remember no more, no longer holding their sins against them. Now where there is absolute forgiveness and complete cancellation of the penalty of these things, there is no longer any offering to be made to atone for sin. Every single thing you've ever done wrong, past, present, future, all of it, it's been removed from you. He's forgiven every single bit of it. If you're holding on to something you think that... um, that God's still holding against you. He is not. That's not what this says. He's a good God, and he loves you, and he's forgiven you. And you need to know that. <clears throat> so what do we do? What do we do when there's hurt there? What do we do when um, there's a pain? What do we do when um, God reveals to us who these person, or in my case, persons, there was more than one, actually, after I asked him, he showed me the one, and then he kept showing me more. <laughs> I had quite a list going. Um, it, I had people from my past. I had uh, my spouse. I had, um, let's see, I, political figures. Yep. I had to pray and bless. Um, but that's what we're supposed to do. Jesus said, pray for them and bless them. That's God's direction. And when we do God's direction, we get his promise. That's true. But... We can't just speak the promise. We want to speak the promise. That's good. Because we need to know what he says. But we can't just speak the promise. We actually have to do the direction that's right before the promise. There's always a direction. And I was missing that part. Um, Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a decision. It's a decision to trust God and to follow him and to believe him. Right? He is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. Um... Romans uh, 12, 19 through 21 says, Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scriptures say, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. Not Vicky will repay. God will repay. Right? I go through over things in my mind sometimes thinking, Oh, what am I going to say to that person next time I see them? You know, uh, What would I do in this situation? God says, No, that's for me. 
God separates the two. He knows who's to blame. And he's coming. He's coming back for all evil. And he's bringing his full wrath against it. Um, and if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. Win him over with kindness, for your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience. And God will reward you. God will reward you with favor when you do this. He will reward you with favor. He rewarded me with favor. It was amazing. How do we maintain and sustain and keep up with a state of forgiveness? Uh, the first thing that we, we need to do is um, the Holy Spirit is our helper, called our helper in the word of God. We need to, to let the helper help us. He's in you. He never leaves you or forsakes. You don't have to ask for him to come. He's already here. He's here. And um, um, Pastor Brian taught us uh, um, several weeks ago on Psalm 139. And if you weren't here for that, I encourage you to listen to it. It's one of my favorite Psalms. I don't need to do things the hard way, right? I don't need to do things the hard way and then go through the pain of it and then make the correction, although that's good to make the correction. But Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. So let the Holy Spirit examine you because there's things in there that hide that we don't even know are there. And he's your helper. Uh, we need to um, examine our own hearts daily. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. And that word heart um, in the Greek, that, that means your decision maker. Your heart is your decision maker. It's the seat from where you make all your decisions from. Every decision you make determines the course of your life. Uh, things don't just happen by chance. That's not what the Bible says. We need to guard our heart, right? I, um, I make sure that I'm showered every day. My hair's washed. My clothes are on and neat. And all these things are done. My teeth are brushed. But he says, guard your heart above all else. Check that. Constantly check that every day. At the end, I encourage you to do it at the end of your day because every single day we're around people that are imperfect, right? There's an opportunity for that irritation to come in and um, um, we need to be checking our heart. So um, what I'd like to do is if we could all pray together as a family, it's just so much better and easier if we can do it together. Um, support each other. Um, if you guys will repeat after me with every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, I ask you to search my heart today. Lord, please reveal to me if I have any unforgiveness or bitterness or any offense toward anyone. We're just gonna be still for a minute. And the Holy Spirit will be revealing to you And we're going to pray and we're going to bless and we're going to follow God's directions. Heavenly Father, I ask you to, to bless. Name that person. 
Name that person. Name those people. With every earthly and spiritual blessing, Lord, please help them. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have one final thought. Um, Psalm 22 tells us that when Jesus was on the cross, his mouth was so dry that his tongue was stuck to the roof of his mouth. That's how dry it was. And yet he was offered bitter wine, and he refused it. Instead, he prayed for us, and he said, Father, forgive them. There's a little sister here. She uh, was a part of this church. And this is actually her first time to preach. And I think she did an amazing job today bringing the word. Amen. Thank you so much for that. You know what I like about sermons like that is there is so much Bible. Everything she said was scripturally solid and scripturally true. And I remember being in services where you heard things like that, and I maybe wasn't in a position of relationship with the Lord maybe to the place that I maybe am now, and I would look at, I would look at, and I would hear sermons like that, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, really, headaches, all that, did that really happen, and stuff like that, thoughts like that would go through my mind, but then, uh, I'm the one that's dealing with issues, and here's testimony of somebody that says this is how life can be. And so I got to a place, and that's why I like how she led us today, is I tried it. I, I stepped out and did what the Word said. You know, submitting to the Word, everybody says submitting to the Word, submitting to the authority. That means when there's something in the Bible that may be uncomfortable or something that you're not really wanting to do, you're saying, hey, Lord, I'm submitting to this because you know more than I do, and I'm trusting that the result is going to be best for me. Are you all with me? So, um, and the other thing that I think's neat is Mark 16, 20 says, and the disciples went everywhere and they preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming his word with signs and wonders following. So I'm believing today that people that let some stuff go, that you're going to go out of here, Vicki preached the word, the Lord working through her, you're going to go out with a sign and a wonder, you're going to be like, man, I'm different and I don't know why. Uh, uh, I'm light and I don't know why, because God confirms that. How many says I'll receive that in Jesus' name? Praise the Lord. Everybody, uh, eyes closed, heads down. I want to ask a question. Is there anyone here today that you feel like you're living your life separate from God or not living your life with God? Okay, nobody's looking around. Nobody's looking around, and I'm not going to belabor this. But if there's one person that says, I'm living my life today, and it's separate from God, and I'd like to change that today. Trust me, no one's looking around. Would you just slip your hand up where I can see it? Anybody in this building today say, I'm living my life separate from the Lord, and I'd like to change that today. Would you just slip up your hand? I wanted to wait because the other day I thought there wasn't anyone, and a couple people raised their hand. 
I didn't feel, I felt like everybody was okay today. So let's stand to our feet today. Let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Amen. That we're all his children. Praise the Lord. The prayer team's going to come forward today. If you need prayer for anything, you've been given a bad report from the doctor, you need encouragement, uh, you need somebody to stand with you in a particular situation, prayer team, come forward today. They're going to be standing here, and they are here to pray with you today. Notice I say with you. They're here to pray with you. We're going to have one more song, and then Braden's going to be dismissing this service. So God bless you.